as we continue our series on the early days of the Orlando Magic, it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast a gentleman who covered the Magic Beat for the Orlando Sentinel back in the early 90s and co-hosted a number of radio shows with me on WGTO called Courtside. We say hello to Barry Cooper. Barry, how you doing, my friend? Jeff, I'm doing great. How have you been? I've been, uh, I've been great as well, and it's uh, great to catch up and reminisce about the the days of when the magic uh, got started and started in, in in formation, and it was a team in its first season that uh, was basically a lot of castoffs. You know, they're unprotected by their teams. Guys like Scott Skiles, Sidney Green, Greg Kite, um, and they kind of started off pretty hot that first season, at least in the first couple of months before falling back into expansion mode. Uh, but it certainly wasn't an impressive start for a franchise for a new franchise well you know what it was an incredible time that the city was just electric uh, it's the first major professional sports team for orlando uh, no one could believe that it would happen and when you look at it back at those days the team cost just 32 and a half million dollars that's pocket change to shaquille o'neal these days <laughs> uh, got that thing going with the arena uh, it was electric uh, uh, Matt Gukas came on as the, the first coach back then. Uh, I remember them taking Nick Anderson with the 11th pick in the first round. And the incredible thing, it, it was it was so new to everybody in Orlando. We were just amazed at these guys being in our city and wearing a jersey uh, with the Orlando Magic on the front. I remember Nick Anderson moved his entire family, his extended family, brothers, sisters, cousins, mom all moved from Chicago to be close to him uh, as he uh, became the first rookie for the Orlando Magic in 1989. So what a wonderful time that was. We all pinched ourselves at the prospect of having a a major sports team in the city, and it was just a great time. But you're right. uh, That was a collection of cast-offs, but they were lovable to the people here in Central Florida. Yeah, that hardworking mentality certainly came about, of course, uh, Pat Williams uh, got it all orchestrated, and and it's just amazing to think that uh, that that uh, again a team thriving in Orlando right out of the gate. Pat Williams, you know, had to do a lot of door knocking and a lot of lot of lot of his carnival sales uh, mentality, and he really did a great job hyping and getting the town ready for it. Well, you know, Jim Hewitt was the uh, the principal catalyst for getting the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just a small business guy here in town. Uh, had this idea about, you know, it's time for Orlando to have a pro sports team. And he went about trying to get support for it. And the best thing he did was hire that carnival barker named uh, Pat Williams. And Pat Williams did some magic. I mean, uh, it's good that he's still a part of the franchise now because it would not have happened without him. Uh, I'm convinced of that. Uh, Orlando uh, came into the league with Charlotte, uh, Miami, and Minnesota. And at the time, uh, no one thought that Orlando, or rather the state of Florida, would get two teams, that it would go to Miami or Tampa. Uh, Miami became a lot, and it was with Pat Williams' uh, enthusiasm and never-say-die attitude that Orlando was able to get one of those franchises. 
Yeah, and I tell you what I remember most, too, is uh, as he was uh, on the campaign trail, if you will, uh, he would go on every radio station, no matter the size. I, I mean, before I was at WGTO, I was working at a small AM over on over in Brevard County, and he would he would call up uh, when I was doing the morning. Hey, can I come on and talk about the magic? Oh, of course you can. <laughs> and, and he would he would he would he would not leave any stone unturned. He certainly had 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 that uh, had that ability to to hit to to unearth everything possible to to get the word out. He would tell me often they got up every morning and his first thought was to put shoe leather the pavement, as he described it. He'd talk to any group. Uh, he'd meet with any um, uh, potential fans in the city who might become season ticket holders. And just a remarkable sales job, just a carnival blocker who delivered on what has become uh, really a pretty good franchise. And then you think about the uh, the other thing he brought to us was the incredible luck of the draft lottery, man- managing to land the ping pong balls in consecutive years. You know, they get Shaq, right? Uh, they get Shaq, and they get uh, Penny Hardaway, and they won one of those draft lotteries with um, just one ping pong ball. Just amazing. Yes. And, and so and those two guys become the cornerstone of the franchise. So just an, an incredible stroke of luck. Uh, the entire NBA was just furious. This new club uh, that had not been in existence for very long, uh, winning two draft lotteries. And the biggest prize, of course, was Shaquille, who was immediately compared to Wilt Chamberlain and all the other great centers that came before him and went on to become, of course, uh, one of the all-time greats. And then also uh, with with Penny Hardaway, which uh, obviously that uh, was interesting because originally the draft pick was one Chris Weber, but then they orchestrated the trade uh, to uh, to bring Hardaway in as he was picked later. And uh, Penny Hardaway to me was you you just think about how dynamic a player he was. He did things on the basketball court that would just make your head spin. And he was very deserving to be recently inducted into the Magic Hall of Fame. Agreed. Uh, just a dynamic player, um, great acceleration off the dribble, great 19, 20-foot jump shot, uh, could get to the hole, and the ideal guy to have opposite Shaquille O'Neal, who was so dominant down in the, in the, uh, in the paint. So uh, those two players, after they made the, the trade uh, that involved Chris Webber, uh, really set the cornerstone for the Magic in those early years. Yeah, so then they started to accelerate with uh, with those two young young guns, and then they finally got the missing piece, and it was uh, it was uh, Horace Grant becoming available as a free agent, and the Magic were able to land him. Uh, tell me what how how big a role he played in elevating the Magic to that next step. You know, I think Horace Grant was excited about coming because of Shaquille. It was a chance. Uh, to come to Orlando and do something uh, different, uh, to be a part of what he thought could be a team that could compete for championships for a number of years. And to have that size down in the low post next to Shaquille and be somewhat of an enforcer uh, down low uh, was huge. And so when you look at that early roster, how the team rebounded from a collection of castoffs uh, if you remember that the 89 team had uh, Reggie Theus, 
Scott Skiles, Terry Catlich, Sam Vincent, Otis Smith, and Jerry Reynolds. Uh, all good guys, but that wasn't going to win you a championship. Mm. Uh, but when they had the luck in the lottery uh, to get Shaq and then to win it again and end up eventually with Penny Hardaway, uh, they became a contender. And I also found it interesting, if my memory serves me correctly, I think you and I were on the air the, the, day, that, the day that um, Horace Grant's signing was kind of under scrutiny. I believe the original deal was kind of uh, looked at, and they kind of had to rework it. So for like a brief moment, everybody was holding their breath. Oh, my God, we're not going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> but he did come. And yes. so you know, one of the disappointments is that he has not remained close to the franchise, but he was very viable uh, to that early success uh, here in Orlando. Uh, would not have gotten to uh, as far along as the franchise did without him, I'm sure. And then, of course, 1995 was the, 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 the pinnacle year when they um, advanced to the finals. And, of course, it was so exciting. They took out the Celtics, and then they actually took out Jordan and the Bulls, which was, was amazing. You know, 60-22 and 22 record, 94-95, just amazing. Uh, you had uh, Horace Grant, who came from the Bulls, of course, uh, blended in nicely with Shaq and Penny. Um, and that is incredibly um, remarkable that a team that had just been nothing just a few years earlier um, soars to a 60-22 and 22 mark. And then, of course, they uh, made their way to the finals and, and uh, eventually losing that to the Houston Rockets and, and the, the, the tough break of Nick Anderson missing the free throws in game one and a game the Magic had in their hands. Then that ultimately turned that series, but still did not take away from the accomplishment of making it all the way to the finals. It was disappointing that they got swept in that series. Uh, but for a franchise that was so young, uh, to accomplish that in really just a short amount of time when you look at how long it takes to build championship teams. Um, you know, I don't know that will be, that, that will be topped um, in the Orlando Magic's history until they win, actually win a title. Because it, it all happened so fast with the, with the luck in the lottery, getting one of the all-time greats in Shaquille, building a nice team around him. And I think a lot of that credit has to go to John Gabriel, who turned out to be an incredible executive yes. with an eye for talent, a guy who could uh, relate to the players. Um, and he played a big role in putting uh, those early Magic teams together once he ascended to uh, the general manager's role uh, for the Magic. And Brian Hill, uh, a man who served under, uh, under Matt Gukas uh, and then became the head coach. Uh, I think and his his role in in that I think goes very underrated as well. You know he was very understated. Uh, he wasn't a showman. He didn't need the spotlight. A very good coach. I mean, he really was a great coach, and he just went about his business. And you know, it it fit um, the makeup of the ball club because he had a lot of personalities uh, on the, ma the Magic roster. And uh, he was able to get the most out of the players. And I think what he did in his tenant co as coach uh, probably has been understated, not recognized enough. 
Uh, he's loved, of course, by the fans. He's still here around on the radio broadcast and television broadcast. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he was the right coach for the Magic during that time. Absolutely. So, Barry, that was, uh, you know, I hate to say it such a, such a long time ago. Uh, what, what has Barry Cooper been up to since, since those uh, glory days? You know, I, I, I went into digital media. I started um, an Internet company uh, at the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, we got $5 million in funding for that. To move a small team up to Chicago. I stayed with that venture for uh, about six years. Uh, we wound up folding that company as things started to change in the digital media landscape. Uh, went out to Phoenix uh, to, to start a, a small business out there for a Gannett um, organization, the Arizona Republic newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, wound up not getting uh, funding for that, and everything was just going crazy in media then. Uh, went to Norfolk, then to Dallas, and then finally we came back here about eight years ago and, and now loving it being back in Central Florida. So, Barry, is there anything that you miss in particular uh, about being in the sports media? Would you say anything stands out? You know, I miss the relationships with the players. I really do. Uh, that was fun, getting to know them as not only basketball players, but as, as men, human beings. Uh, you know, we think these guys live a charmed existence, and certainly they do. But they're people like the rest of us. Uh, to this day, I talk a lot with Jerry Reynolds. Uh, I also talked to some of the other guys like Sam Vincent. Mm-hmm. And so just those relationships with those guys that have lasted, oh my goodness, 10, 15 years, that's so enjoyable. And I'll appreciate uh, those relationships for, for years to come. Well, I'll tell you, Barry, it's been great catching up. And of course, I used to use this line back in the day. It's always fun to be hanging with Mr. Cooper to take uh, oh, the, the, the liberties from the, from, the, from the TV show. And uh, we certainly appreciate you sharing your time tonight. All right, Jeff. Thank you for having me. 